Today's episode of Darkness Radio is brought to you by Mint Mobile. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash darkness. That's mintmobile.com slash darkness. It is Wednesday. That means only one thing. It's time now for Supernatural News here on Darkness Radio. I look forward to this time of week with you kids. I got to admit that. It's it's fun and it's exciting. We get to learn new things. And of course, we get to have a little bit of fun. So let's do it. Let's bring in our co-host with the most right now. He is the BCB, the big cuddly bear himself. Beer City Bruiser Bruiser, how you doing? Hello, world. I'm doing fantastic. I'm a... Uh thrown off by this whole x thing on my phone i am too i i i gotta tell like, you i it's like it's like terry funk came up with a branding iron and just hit me right it, in the phone yeah i i'm i'm half expecting when i click it to hear x gonna give it to you gonna <laughs> give it to you but it's it's just not happening oh rest in peace dmx um, <laughs> that's right we did lose him didn't we yeah yeah he's he's gone now you know Along with uh, uh, old dirty bastard and, and a bunch of other great rappers, um, Easy E died of AIDS. Y- yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for the update there, uh, Bruiser. Appreciate that. Every time I said Mrs. Bruiser looks at me, goes, "You're so mean." I'm yeah, like, what? Yeah. I'm stating a fact. <laughs> well, yeah, that that is quite mean. Um, yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, complications <laughs> of nobody ever dies of AIDS. It's true, com- true. It's complications of. Yeah, yes. he he actually died from pneumonia. Um, yeah. So yeah, that X, that X, that dirty, dirty X is still on our phones. Yep. I can't wait till they get rid of it. I don't know what's worse. The actual X on the phones or the X that Elon Musk put up on the building. Oh, he put it on the building too, huh? Yeah. Did you hear about that story? No. So does that mean that's where we go? Cause it marks the spot. I think so. He pissed off his neighbors around the, the San Francisco headquarters by putting up a giant, a flashing neon X that was about 20 feet, 20 feet or 30 feet tall. And it stayed up for all of about maybe three, four days. And it was like the episode of Seinfeld where Kramer with is the Kenny Rogers. Yeah, sign, yeah. Yeah. With the Kenny Rogers <laughs> sign. Uh, and the neighbors just couldn't take it. They, they were pissed off. It made national news. And finally, I guess Elon does have a heart in that tin man after all, uh, because he did take it down. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he has a heart. He's he's a lizard person. Well, he was afraid of a lawsuit, I guess is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So it came down. Uh, yeah, so it had nothing to do with compassion or human nature. It was, oh, I don't want to lose money on this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've lost enough money on buying Twitter. Speaking of, we do have a, a story about Elon today. Uh, I, I didn't think there was any interest in the Elon Zuckerberg fight. I'm wrong. Our, our listeners do want to hear about it. I want to see it. Do you? Because, yeah, because here, here's the thing that nobody realizes. Mark Zuckerberg is a high-ranking judo belt. Okay. Like. And Elon he, is a bumbling fool. So Exactly. <laughs> 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 Elon's going to get his ass kicked. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's been some 
discord about where they're going to have this thing. There's been some discord about whether Dana White gets involved. There's there's money to be made. There's money on that table. I think I think Dana White, Vince McMahon, hell, even bring out a uh, old white-haired Mike Tyson promoter Don King. You know. Well, you know Zuckerberg won't do it without Dana White. Okay. He, he wants Dana White to, to promote the entire thing. And Elon says, no, 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 we, we don't need Dana White in this thing. We can do it ourselves. And so Zuckerberg is kind of has one foot out the door now. Yeah, because he wants – well, him and Dana are probably good friends. He wants they Dana are. to make some money on it. Because yeah. this is this – is, think about it. This pay-per-view is going to sell out. The, if they have a live gate, it's going to sell out. And then if they have Dana White do it, Dana can take some of his top UFC stars, throw them on the undercard. Yep, yep. And that's just icing on the cake. And Zuckerberg, as much of a robot and alien he is, <laughs> he's a smart businessman. He is. Yeah, he is. And, you know what I mean? He probably comes from Planet Money, but. <laughs> and then the the kicker on top of it, TMZ was all over it and had reported that they wanted to use the historic Colosseum in Rome as a backdrop for this fight. Not necessarily seat people in it. You can, and they've yeah. used it for concerts and whatnot in Rome. But they they just wanted it for the backdrop. That was it. Okay. Okay. That's so how much money. Like the, the street in before, like in front of it or something like that. No, no, no. They want to be inside the Colosseum. Oh, okay. So they had set it up with the the government in Italy, in Rome, to use it as the backdrop for the fight. They didn't want to. They didn't want to disturb anything historically inside the Colosseum. They just want to fight inside the Colosseum, right? Okay. Well, the government, Zuckerberg and Elon, all had denied that they would. They had. They had made this agreement. Then Elon comes out and says, "We've come to an agreement on the fight. It's inside a historic building inside Rome." <laughs> well, it's not Thanks. the Vatican. Thanks, Elon. Yeah. yeah putts. Yeah. So, and then Zuckerberg, after Elon comes out and boldly makes the claim, says, well, we're not that close to an agreement yet. Yeah. So, you know, don't don't count your chickens before they hatch. So how do we get uh, Bezos on the card? How do we get the Virgin Air guy on the card? Hell, let's throw Trump in there. How oh. do we get all these billionaires just to beat each other up? Bezos versus uh, Richard Branson, that'd be something. Although I, I want to see them in a fencing duel or something like that. <laughs> Can we make it like actual gladiatorial times where we throw them in there, each with a, a weapon and then tigers and lions all around and big just brutes chasing them? That'd you know, like let's make it truly a gladiator flight. Hey, I'd pay for that. I'd pay forty nine ninety five for that. I would too. Although you know them, they jack it up to a hundred bucks. Oh, of course, because yeah. they gotta get their cut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, today's show is going to be interesting, folks. We've got uh, some off the beaten path stories. Okay. I mean, we're still dealing with our traditional ghosts and. There's even a demon DNA today. We'll talk about demon DNA and if it actually exists. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. I've always wondered about that. Yeah, so we've got that on tap today. We'll talk about life on other planets and whether it's actually been found. That's coming up in our first story today. And uh, we are going to end today on the Elon Zuckerberg fight. So, <laughs> Good. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to end like we started. That's right. Well, we'll start <laughs> in... 
to watch two putzes beat the crap out of each other. That's right. We'll start and end on the same deal. And we have parashare stories today. We have your parashare stories. So we will talk about those as well. So I want to thank you guys for sending in your parashare stories uh, too. So thank you so much for that. Uh, Again, if you have parashare stories, real simple, uh, either email them, tim at darknessradio.com or just go to darknessradioshow.com. There's a blue button there. You just click on that blue button, leave your voice note. Uh, you've got two minutes to do so. If you need more time, click on it again. You get another two minutes. It's like winning a prize at the carnival. Uh, and then I'll stitch them together and we'll make a complete four-minute story. If you need more, you click it again, you get a six-minute story. You get the idea. <laughs> Math is simple, not as hard as they made it in school. So there you go. Uh, let's start it out, Bruiser, by talking about whether the Mars rover has discovered extraterrestrial life. Oh, okay. You yeah. knew it was bound to find something. Well, you know, you you bumble around a planet for a while, you might find something. Exactly. You're going to bump into something. Yeah. They can't hide forever. That's right. The Mars rover unmanned mission has discovered unique mud formations stereotypical of wet and dry spells over millions of years on the otherwise dry and cold Mars landscape, which may have created the conditions necessary for life. That, according to a recent study titled Sustained Wet-Dry Cycling on Early Mars. How intriguing... It is. Well, it's. It, I, I don't know that wet dry cycles are intriguing to anybody but a vacuum salesman. But yeah. <laughs> what you don't like the wet dry cycles? Well, it, you know the Kirby salesman in me says yeah. <laughs> uh, otherwise, no, it's not that intriguing. I enjoy paying attention to the wet dry cycles. You? you know, you uh, yeah, I'll turn on the Weather Channel every once in a while. And we'll we'll just sit there and stare at the wet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't keep it going. You're all you're all for a moist tongue and a warm slot. Yes, I yeah. which is an actual weather phenomenon. I think we've talked about that in the past. We have, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's that's the only thing I learned from my meteorological friends. So there you go. <laughs> so wait, so if they have wet dry cycles on Mars, does that mean our meteorological friends get to draw dicks on Mars now? Yes, yes. <laughs> draw your dicks all over Mars while you get a chance. All and right. Explain to us why we should move to that dust bowl. There you go, Larry Sprinkle. Something to do. Larry Sprinkle. That's an actual meteorologist here in North Carolina. Larry, Larry Sprinkle. Sprinkle, action news, telling us why we should move to Mars. Larry, well, I drew a dick right here. <laughs> That'll tell you exactly why we should move to Mars. Oh, I don't know. Uh, so they had a little study called Sustained White Dry or Wet Dry Cycling on Early Mars. Here's my dick on it. Uh, it was released in the peer-reviewed journal Nature on August 9th of 2023. The hexagonal patterns discovered are formed when an area has extended wet seasons, followed by extended dry ones. I think we all can relate to that one, huh, fellas? <laughs> uh, I don't know what that means. Sounds like my college single life. There you go. <laughs> a couple wet spells, a couple dry spells. <laughs> couple spells where you're just alone watching cartoons and drinking beer. Yeah. Uh, it has been known for a while that Mars contains the dried vestiges of rivers, lakes, and even seas, as the study noted. The presence of perennial wet surface environments on early Mars is well documented. Uh Moving on, it says that uh, on Earth, people have run experiments that have shown that if you subject a rock to cycles of wet and dry spells, simple organic molecules can combine and form larger molecules such as proteins and even RNA and DNA, uh, according to a scientist who told that to Space.com. The shape of the formation is also unique, talking about mud cracks in Mars. Previous mud cracks found that 
there have all been in T-shaped formations. The hexagonal Y shape of these mud cracks marks the first time that this has been seen on the red planet. Such formations suggest a distinctly long period of wet and dry spells. So basically what the article is saying, Bruiser, is they're thinking that there were bodies of water on Mars, which may have harbored bacterial life, which, again, could have harbored other forms of life. Yeah, it's known fact that there's water, there's life. Mm-hmm. You know, it all, we all started as an amoeba, you know what I mean? And and that's how it all starts out. Yep. They, they can't age that, though, can they? I don't, I, I don't think the rover itself can. It can collect samples that it can bring back or send back. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'd be curious to see how old, you know, because you can go out to, like, the the salt desert plains and you can tell how long they've been dry, you know. Yeah. By doing the soil sample. So I'm just curious if they can do the same thing on Mars. It'd be interesting to see if there's fossilized bacteria out there. Oh, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And then... Where there's bacteria, there's life. Yeah. And then go from there and see how long that that uh, bacteria is, has been there and, and try to uh, carbon date it from there and see, yeah. what, uh, see what you find. That's for sure. Well, we get into the ufology field where about a week and a half ago, there was a letter to President Perón from Argentina regarding flying saucers that was quietly released as other things were going on in the ufology field. Okay. This letter was released in 1952. Uh, Luis Burgos wrote, we are making public startling documents from 1952 from the Archivo General de la Nación, or National Archives, in which citizen Roque Ceres requests an interview with then-President Juan Domingo Perón to apprise him about a revolutionary aspect of the flying saucers of the time. Information made available to him by a U.S. military man. Unfortunately, General Perón paid it no mind. It would have been interesting to hear the information provided by this researcher at the time, unhindered by anonymity or secrecy, as tends to be the case in this field. Don Ceres was quite a gentleman, it says. Uh, the letter from a citizen to President Juan D. Perón in 1952 has an idea about flying saucers, and it goes as such. It says, His Excellency, the President of the Nation, General Juan D. Perón, the undersigned, Roque Ceres, citizen of Argentina, having residence at La Basis 222 of this uh, capital city, hereby requests a hearing to make you aware of the existence of an idea of mine related to the so-called flying saucer that the United States of America conceals as military secret, being little more than a device whose operation is based on the Earth's rotation and presents several advantages over present-day aircraft. Should I have the honor of being granted an interview by Your Excellency, I will explain how this information became known to the military attaché of the United States of America in Buenos Aires in the year 1945. So he's tying it to the end of World War II. Yeah, they didn't cover this in Evita. No, no, not at all. Uh, if I could tie in there, Bruce. Uh, if I have hitherto... Good, good, good word. Good. I sentence. like that. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to sound like important to get this meeting. Right. If I have hitherto not endeavored to present myself before the national authorities, it is because I am not a professional, but rather an artisan from another walk of life, and thought I would not be taken seriously. You know, if more people came to the government and said that, they'd probably get a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. It might not be a public meeting, but it would be a meeting. Yeah. Uh, and thought I would not be taken seriously, as has occurred. 
it, or as has always occurred in these matters and has happened to me personally a long time ago with the disclosure of another idea, although I have had the satisfaction of seeing it come about after a number of years. According to what Your Excellency has said in recent speeches, in particular the radio broadcast of December 3rd in which the people were invited to contribute to the common effort toward a new Argentina, I am answering the call. I submitted an initiative, which I have been advised is under consideration. Emboldened by this, I would like to contribute yet again by submitting this idea whose feasibility will be yours to decide. And it sounds like Juan D. Perot wiped his ass with it and threw it in the to- toilet and it was fished <laughs> out. Said, nothing came about it, did it? Yeah. They didn't cover that in the movie at all. No, no, not at all. It was uh, not made part of the play or the movie, so there you go. Another interesting email or letter that came up this past week that we need to uh, talk about was sent to Tobias Wayland, or at least he weighed in on it. You know, there's, okay. there's a, um, there's a, I believe it's a blog out there, a repository called Reports from the Void, where they share stories of different uh, run-ins with UFOs and aliens. Uh, also, the Singular Fortean Society uh, gets No, email. that's not government sanctified. No, no, that's no. Just, that's just people yeah. sharing their stories. Sharing their, their stories. Okay. But very interesting stuff. This yeah, one, right, right. Th- this one is, is headlined... And, and this comes from singularfortian.com. It's headlined, Reports from the Void, Where Have You Guys Been? Okay. Okay. So someone actually asks out into the void, where have you guys been, and receives an answer. Really? Okay. Yeah. And here's how this stacks up. Uh, the Singular Fortian Society received the following email with UFO in the subject line. This was back on January 12th of 2023. It says, hi, my name is, and of course the name is withheld, and I'm, te- or I'm reaching out rather about my experience last week. It was around 9.09 p.m. Eastern time as I was coming down my driveway. I felt the urge to ask, where have you guys been? I asked because I used to see them in the sky during the day, but not as much anymore. When I got out of my car in the driveway, I looked up and could see an object that was obviously not a star and changing colors. Pulsing and directly above my house, but not, but far enough away that I could take a short video. When people say they are connected to them, they can't be kidding because it happens without much effort. Okay. Yeah. So I'm almost telepathic. Yeah. These encounters began with a passenger in 2002. I went from 2002 to 2020 without having an experience until I attempted different things like CE5 and remote viewing. Bonkers, unbelievable, but magnificent universe we live in. The encounter from April 2022 was a small silver sphere. I felt like last week's object was the same thing, but at night, maybe. Thanks for inquiring about my experience. My family is no longer amused nor surprised by these encounters, as we've observed our fair share of unexplainable in my backyard since 2020. So investigator Tobias Wayland, uh, or Wyland replied with a request to interview the witness for more information, but received no responses. Okay. Okay. Uh, CE5 refers to a process to contact UFOs and their occupants, which was invented by Steve, Dr. Stephen Greer. Dr. Greer, of course, is a retired tra- traumatologist, hard word for me, uh, who founded the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence, or CSETI, in 1990. CSETI was 
founded to create a diplomatic and research-based initiative to contact extraterrestrial civilizations. And Dr. Greer largely focuses on close encounters of the fifth kind, hence CE5. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, direct communication between aliens and humans involving bilateral contact experiences through conscious, voluntary, and proactive human initiative initiated co- uh, cooperation communication with extraterrestrial intelligence. Now, it's not unusual for witnesses to experience a sense of connection or even communication when encountering a UFO. Recently, Bruiser, a man... On your neck of the woods, a North Carolina man, 62-year-old Christopher Bledsoe, recounted a series of encounters with seemingly intelligent, glowing orbs that he claims to be able to summon using prayer. Really? Yeah. And last year, the Singular Fortean Society was contacted by 44-year-old Shane Taylor, who wished to report an encounter with a multitude of seemingly friendly orange orbs that he'd had on Christmas Eve on 2014 he says quote it was really bizarre there was a dreamlike quality to the experience but i was still conscious and aware it was really wild taylor said of his encounter when i got out of the car and they were right there it was almost like they were attracted to me like they picked up on me and were like here's us here's what we are to me it was friendly like a friendly interaction i know it's so weird to say interaction but to me it felt that way so the power of prayer almost goes back to our friend who said that there's a correlation, possible correlation between aliens and demonic entities. Yes, Nathaniel Gillis. Now, I want to flip this a little bit because okay. if you remember Ronnie from uh, – Ch- uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember the name of the Bigfoot show. Uh, Ronnie LeBlanc, he, when he was talking about Monsterland, his book Monsterland, claimed that when – I think it was when his, was it when his grandmother died or grandfather died? He saw an orange orb shoot towards the heavens. And okay. It, it was believed that an orange orb shooting towards the heavens was the soul leaving the body. But okay. now we have people saying that these orange orbs are coming to visit and they feel a connection. So it could be the spirit returning back? Well, now that's how you would... That's how you would want to read it if you believe certain folklore. Or if you want to believe Nathaniel Gillis, now I'm going to turn this on its ear and make you wonder for a second and maybe even scare you. If you believe Nathaniel Gillis, that these aliens, aliens slash demons, will take a form to get closer to you, to make you accept them, could it be that they're assuming the form of a spirit that you may recognize, or a spirit in folklore form to get you to suck in and get closer to them so that they can either, I don't want to say possess you, but can get a feed, hold of Feed you. off of you or, or whatever they right. is with feed, you. Yeah. Feed off your emotion or get a closer bond to you so that they can then start to assimilate you. Yeah. No, I, I can see that totally because these orange lights that he saw go out, if that represents the spirits, why wouldn't a demon replicate that, especially to people who had just lost a loved one? 
right. or someone very close to them. Right. What's because the, that's 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 the, the veil. Like you look at someone that's in a toxic relationship and everybody outside that relationship sees it's toxic. But the person in the relationship doesn't see it's toxic because they still see the good points about those people. Right. You lose a grandmother, a father, a sister, whatever. If you see them again after you lost them, you're not thinking about, oh, could this be? You're thinking, oh, I haven't seen you in 10 years, you know, and, and this makes my heart full. Right. And that demon right away could just go, okay, I got you. Right. What's the first thing that most people say when they capture a photograph or video and they see a round thing floating around the house? That's grandma. That's an orb. Yeah. That, that, this orb is my long-lost grandmother. It's my long-lost grandfather. It's my uncle. It's my aunt. It's, it's, it's my mom. I know it is because I, I you know. The, we get videos every week that you and I share with each other of yeah. that incidence. And, and nine times out of ten, it's bugs or dust. Yes. But people are so wanting it to be. They, they want that person. They automatically want that connection. The, the, the first thing is to jump and to say, it's got to be because it's this date and this date was close to this date. And this meant something to my departed loved one. So it has to be them showing up to make a connection to me, to let, let me know that they're all right. Now, could it be them? Sure. But take a skeptical eye to it and break it down first. And then determine whether it is or not. Again, we weren't there, but the minute that you take a look at that video and you can say, oh, no, look at it, it's a bug. It's jumping. That's not that's not grandma. That's a bug. Or yeah. if you see it floating on an air current and you see another one coming up behind it and it's floating yeah. on an air current and you know it's dust, you know, or you know, cat dander, or, you know, you have four cats and, oh, it can't be, it can't be cat dander, but look, it's falling from the ceiling. Yeah. You know, um, things like that, take it into consideration. What I'm saying with these glowing orange orbs is there's a lot of reports of these around quote unquote UFOs and quote unquote spirits leaving the body. So well, why let, would it let me throw another twist at you mm -hmm. with I don't mean to interrupt you, but let me throw another sure. twist at you. What if because the aliens are supposed to be so far advanced in technology? What if the aliens are using some sort of technology to replicate what we think are spirits leaving the body? Because if they're trying to, I don't know what their their intentions are, but if you go and you visit a planet, you want to kind of assimilate to that planet. Sure. You find what the locals are doing. You, you dress like the locals. You, you try to blend in. What if these spirits realize, okay, no matter what religion you are, mm -hmm. you have a belief in the afterlife. Right. And through their years of studies of, on us, because, you know, they've been here for millennia, they realize if we replicate that, we can get in closer under the, the guise of being a ghost, spirit, demon, whatever, and learn more about these humans. That's exactly what it could be. It, it Maybe they see that we're so open and hopeful when we see a spirit or, or looking to find a spirit of a loved one that we're open and hopeful when we see that orb and we're willing to communicate with it. You know, and our, our, yeah. let's face it, we're a skeptical and warring people. We are. Okay. I mean, we're, we're quick to fight. So what would make us open and willing to communicate? Seeing something like an orange orb, especially if you're a believer in the paranormal. Yeah. 
you know. So if they find someone who's more open and open-hearted, if you send something that looks like an orange orb and you know somebody may be hurting, well, you're going to communicate with an orange orb faster than you are an alien that set, you know shows up in tr- true form on your doorstep. Yeah, you know, look you, how scared those guys in Vegas were. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, interesting article. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting article indeed. Let's move on. Let's continue talking about aliens. Experts say that aliens could be hiding just outside our solar system as a thousand UFOs are spotted in the UK, not all at one time. Keep in mind, uh, Glasgow. <laughs> That's called an invasion. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, and we'd all be screwed. And I think we'd have a big report on it uh, across the nation on the national news. Uh, Glasgow is the biggest hotspot for UFO sightings in the uk with more supposed objects being spotted in the past two years more than ever before Uh, over the past two and a half years nearly 1,000 ufo sightings have been recorded in the uk and it's been claimed that the extraterrestrial life could be trying to stay hidden by lurking just outside our solar system so that they're not detected by humans to keep track of the unidentified aerial phenomena sightings in the country, an interactive map has been created logging where they have all been since January of 2021, with Glasgow being the current hotspot for the whole of the UK or United Kingdom. The Mirror reports that the spotter website UFO Identified noted a total of 957 sightings, including 410 in 2021, 494 in 2022, and 53 as of May 20th of this year. A quarter of all sightings, 25%, were of a star-like object or objects moving across the sky. The next most common sighting was of an unidentified object shaped like an orb. There's that orb again, 17%. A sphere, 10%, or cylinder at 9%. Uh, Ash Ellis of UFO Identified or uh, uh, says or thinks rather that there may have been more sightings that people have not reported. He said, despite progress being made in recent years to destigmatize the topic, there's still an air of trepidation when approaching the subject as the fear or ridicule is very prevalent. There were almost 500 reported sightings in the UK last year, with likely many times that number going unreported, showing that there is a genuine concern around unidentified phenomena being seen across the country. A scientist claimed earlier this year that aliens could be lurking just outside our solar system to avoid being detected by humans. These dark areas known as, get ready for this, Bruiser, Terminator Zones... <laughs> oh, how terrifying. How sweet. Uh, include sweet spots where planets close to the solar system travel around different stars. This means that we can see one side of them, but the other side is in darkness all the time. Dr. Anna Lobo of the University of California explained the day side can be scorching hot well beyond uh, habitability. And the right side is going to be freezing, potentially covered in ice. You could have large glaciers on one side or on the night side. You want a planet that is in the sweet spot of just the right temperature for having liquid water. Uh, We're trying to draw attention to more water-limited planets, which despite not having widespread oceans, could have lakes or other small bodies of water or liquid water, and these climates could actually be very promising. By exploring these exotic climate states, we increase our chances of finding and properly identifying a habitable planet in the near future. 
A study in the Astrophysical Journal involved scientists setting out to discover whether planets outside of our solar system or exoplanets were able to sustain life, and they found a just-right zone around the terminator of these exoplanets, which could... Uh, which could liquid water and therefore life itself. I don't know which could liquid water means. I don't know what that means either. I don't know. It's a poorly written sentence, but there you go. Uh, it goes on to talk a little bit more about the exoplanets, but you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Liquid uh, liquid, in, in liquid on exoplanets means hiding aliens. So there you go. Uh, to continue on the UFO theme, there's an there's a bit of an article out there about an eerie UFO restaurant that's been left to slowly rot for more than 15 years. Evidently, UFO-themed restaurants are not all that popular, although there's one here in Minnesota that does gangbusters. Yeah, there's one out here in North Carolina that does really good. You'd think in Roswell would do really good, too. Well, this one isn't in Roswell, though. Because they have the, the whole, like, basically you go to Roswell and everything's alien. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was, say, yeah, there's, there's one here. It's a bar and grill, and it does pretty well. Yeah. I mean, most of them do well. This one is called the Rose of the Winds Restaurant. It closed down in 2008 and has since been left to rot, partially floating on Lake, I believe it is, Porgria in Poland. It's floating? Uh it's partially floating. Yeah, it's okay, right, it's right okay. on the edge of a lake. So if you can imagine, half of it's on the shore, half of it's in the water. I'll show, okay. you, I'll show you a picture here in a second. That's creepy. Yeah. It's a derelict interior has now been revealed. Here, I'll show you the picture real quick, Bruiser. It's, it's if you can imagine it being like... Oh, it looks like, okay, it looks like a UFO, and it looks like the UFO had landed on the beach yeah. with part of it in the water. I got it. Yeah, okay. yeah. so it's half on the beach, half on in the water. Yeah. So it gives you kind of like a, it's like any restaurant that would be on the water. You know, you could you could sit out on the water a little bit yeah. and, and have your meal, you know. Um, so the interior of a hugely UFO-shaped popular restaurant has been left to rot and has now been revealed based in, I believe it is, Katowice near Lake Pogria in Poland, the Rose of the Winds restaurant was known worldwide for being shaped like an alien spacecraft. But it was unceremoniously closed in 2008 because of safety concerns and was left to rot by the owners. Having previously been located in, I believe it's Chorzow, yeah, Chorzow uh, and called Arizona, the interior was recently explored by urban explorer Leeds native Kyle Urbex. Photos from the inside or rather from the outside, appear to show that an alien spacecraft has landed on the side of the lake. But there was no signs of life on the craft, as photos taken inside show the state of disrepair that the actual restaurant has fallen into, with missing floorboards and dirty windows visible, making it pretty much impossible to try to repair it to its former glory. He said it's just been sat docked on the side of the lake, rotting away, so it was a bit hazardous getting in. But once you're inside, it's fascinating, and it makes you think just how amazing it must have been when it was open. I wanted to explore it because it's quirky. It's not something you see every day. In its heyday, the restaurant was a main attraction at Tourist Hotspot Park. I believe it is, uh, this is Slosky. That's what it is. Uh, not only did it float on the surface of the water, but its powerful engine meant that it could be moved around the lake freely. 
Really? Okay. Yeah, so they could move the restaurant around, which is really So it's cool. a traveling restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Photos from the inside of the abandoned building show the structure's control panel once used to move or once used to move it around on the water. Beer cans and evidence of vandalism also can be seen. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's an yeah. abandoned building. Right. Uh, Kyle visited Poland in May and spent much of his time exploring abandoned structures. He said, what a vacation. I'm just going <laughs> to tour Poland and check out the stuff that's been ruined. Uh, he said, once you're inside, it's a free-for-all. You don't know if the slides are going to give in oh that's weird uh yeah. the best part for me was the view of the lake and the red slate roof tiles on the roof it was a bit eerie being in there probably 99 percent of the time it was just me on my own if somebody has a problem with you being there it could be hard to get you across or get yourself across and explain what you're doing oh that's weird so people would just come up and start trouble they'd be like what are you doing in there that's odd. This is our drinking area. Yeah, we're here first, uh, tearing up the place. Well, I uh, wonder how many homeless people live there. I got to think there's squatters in this thing. Here's another picture there's from the inside. got to be. Isn't that bizarre? That is. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, I mean, there's like exposed wires on the inside. The, the windows are all dirty. I'm just showing Bruiser like a picture of the control panel. On the yeah, inside. it's all rusted and it looks like something took a bite out of it on the bottom, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, there's just uh, it does look like somebody took a bite out of the control panel. Um, it looks well, like you think wildlife gets in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wildlife probably gets in there. At one point, it looks like it could have been a, like an opulent restaurant on the inside. Yeah, I would. I'd definitely visit it, especially if it goes on the lake. Yeah. Yeah. And, and can you imagine if they could take that thing out on the lake? Oh, I know. That would be awesome. But, That'd be a great dining experience. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a, a hip idea. Can you imagine doing something like that in Vegas? Where you? Oh God, you'd make tons of money. Yeah, I mean, if Lake Mead were actually full, you know, full of. Well, water. you could. You know what? You make it a glass bottom, and you just go look at the bodies in Lake Mead. <laughs> you could combine <laughs> it with a gangster tour. Look at that. Yeah. You're covering all your bases. And this guy's been in a barrel for a few centuries, and this guy—no, not centuries, but you know, a few decades. Yeah, look at that guy. That guy crossed the mob, and that guy crossed the mob, and ooh, look at how he's stuffed in that barrel. And if you look up, you'll see the UFOs flying all around. Look, we're yeah. covering all our bases. That's right. This one's trying to communicate with us, and that one's shooting at us. We should probably go now. <laughs> Enjoy the swordfish. It's on special. <laughs> Tip your waiters and waitresses, folks. Tip well. We're not paying them. They're getting free rides, though. And finally, our final story before we go to break, <laughs> supernatural news today. You remember the flight MH370 that just kind of... Just disappeared? Yeah, yeah, into nothing. There's a really good Netflix special on it. Is there? Where they, they cover, I think, five different scenarios of what could have happened. It was creepy indeed. And, I mean, Very creepy. Yeah, a lot of, lot of different theories out there as to what happened to that flight. Well, according to this story... Uh, flying orbs were filmed spinning around the plane, and it "quote unquote" shows proof of teleportation. Okay, I know. Let's read the story and figure out where they're coming from. Uh, footage is said to be from a satellite of bizarre orbs floating around a plane in the sky, and it has conspiracy theorists convinced 
of what happened to missing flight MH370. Malaysia Airlines flight vanished in March of 2014. Wow, it's been almost 10 years. Almost, yeah. Wow. After taking off from Kuala Lumpur Airport bound for Beijing, it lost contact with air traffic control 40 minutes after takeoff over the South China Sea and disappeared from radar. Extensive Search and rescue missions were deployed, but none of the 239 people on board were ever found, becoming one of the biggest mysteries of all time. Now, satellite video has people seemingly blaming an extraterrestrial cause, with one person suggesting orbs flying around a plane is proof that MH370 may have been teleported. In the leaked footage, and that's in quotes, a plane is seen coming into view by a huge cloud on the left. And uh, believe it or not, if you go to, let's see, who is the X? Uh, it's Twitter, <laughs> the Twitter account. Uh, the Twitter account is at land underscore UFO 52310. David Grush Enjoyer. Okay. Is the name of the account. And it says, oh, my God, this has just been confirmed by a real satellite video leak. Reddit is going insane right now. I'm shocked, actually, with hashtags UFO aliens, airliner UAP, and UFO Twitter. As it continues its flight path, a small orb appears from the right and zooms past the craft before going up close near the wings. Soon it is joined by two more orbs and the trio move in circular motion around the entire plane. When the plane approaches the cloud, a strong flash strikes. The plane, along with three orbs, disappear in the sky. While some people said the video was fake and is created using CGI and 3D animation, others disagree and analyze the footage in detail. Adding credence to the theory is an article from 2014 from ABC News, which reported three large objects spotted near Malaysian airliner flight path. It shared blurry images taken by Chinese satellites of three unidentified objects in the waters between Malaysia and Vietnam. One person said, oh, my God, this has been confirmed to be what I just read uh, on that uh, Twitter. Another went on to say the clouds actually move, and it is not a simple horizontal vertical movement some might expect from a 3D rendered scene object. The clouds are moving realistically. Another expressed, this does not confirm it is a real satellite or real footage. We know now it's stereoscopic and would be difficult to render at the time of release, which gives more credibility to the footage, but let's not be hyperbolic about it. Uh, earlier this year, it was reported that the Doom flight could have crashed in a completely different location from where searches were carried out, according to a satellite researcher, Cindy Hendry, uh, who worked for satellite imagery company, I believe this is Tomnod, uh, discovered something looking like aircraft debris in the South China Sea just days after it disappeared. She told a Netflix documentary, which I believe is the same one that you watch, Bruiser, about yep. the down plane that her discovery was initially ignored, as most investigators believe the plane had crashed in the, into the Indian Ocean. The piece of wreckage she found was etched with the letter M, making it an almost perfect match to the same letter found on the side of the Malaysian airline Boeing 777 flight. It, they show her photos and stuff on that documentary because it's, it's a website you can go to where you look at the satellite photos and she would, that was just like her obsession. Yeah. And the photos show a plane. I mean, it's a plane in the water. So I don't know what came about it. 
I'm just watching this video right now. And it, it shows the plane flying along. And I'm trying to see. Oh, okay. I see where the, the object comes up on the right. It comes back down. It comes past the plane. It's very interesting. You know what? I'm going to hold this up for you here, Bruiser, so you can see where these things are circling. I, I don't know that you can Photoshop this. I, I mean, I could see where you could. I'm going to hold this up for you to watch. Uh, you tell me, is this something that you think could be Photoshopped? I mean, it looks like it could be Photoshopped. But, I mean, this looks like it's a like it's a LiDAR picture. It doesn't look like it's... Yeah. You know, it it doesn't look like it is is actual video footage. But do you see how they're Oh, that's interesting. Isn't it? It looks like it I almost, don't know how you would fake that. Yeah, I don't know either. But it looks like initially it looks like one little object flies around the plane, around the nose of the plane, comes back up, and then it looks like little gnats are circling the plane. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it goes from one to two, now there's three. Yep. Oh, there's the flash too. Okay. You see the flash? Yeah. And now it's gone. And now it's gone. Now, now it's gone. Yeah. That is pretty, I don't know. And, and that was filmed in 2014, correct? Yes, in 2014. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to post this in the description, in, in the description of the uh, podcast. So you can click on the link and look at it for yourself. Yeah, it, it's pretty compelling evidence. Yeah, I want you guys to uh, take a look at it, and you tell me, you tell me what you think. Um, you know, is this actual? Is this actual video, or is it doctored? I, I don't know how you doctor it. I don't know either. I'm trying to figure it out because, yeah. like, like they said, the clouds look so real, the plane looks real. You know, those, and it's just out of nowhere. Yeah. So. I, you know, if if uh, there's somebody out there who's good with video, good with with uh, Photoshop, maybe you can uh, you can write into us and, and tell us Tim at DarknessRadio.com. But I'm going to place a link in the description of this program. You check out the story, you play the video, you figure it out, and get back to us. Yeah, because to us it looks good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now now that I'm done bragging. <laughs> All right, now that I'm done bragging, I'm going to tell you that when we come back, boy, have we got some stories for you folks. We have got some absolute chilling stories for you when we come back. We've also got your parachute stories. Yes, I'm excited to hear what the listeners got to say. So we're going to get into your parachute stories as well. And we're going to wrap it up today by talking about the fight of the century, the fight <laughs> almost... No one wants to see. Maybe a few of you want to see. I guess a few of you want to see it because you're writing in about it. We'll talk about it when we come back. You're listening to Parashare Wednesday here on The Best in Paranormal Talk Radio. This is Darkness Radio. Welcome back. It is a Parashare Wednesday and a Supernatural yes. News Wednesday. Yes. You got to love this time of week. I love this day of the week, Bruiser. I do too. Good I to hang out with my good buddy. We get to share some spooky stories and hear from the listeners. That's right. It's a cruiser and a bruiser <laughs> right here on Wednesday. 
Uh, we're playing the hits, folks. By the way, um, do we dare announce this? Yeah, I think we should. Think we should? I think we should. Uh, get the buzz. Get the buzz going now before get, it officially launches. Get the buzz going right now. Well, folks, uh, it's time for us to announce this. We have a brand new Darkness Radio Cruiser and Bruiser T-shirt coming your way. Yep. That's a fantastic right. design. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, that's coming your way. A brand new Cruiser and Bruiser T-shirt. Um, it's it's got oh god, the logo is so so cool. That's all I got to say. Such a cool logo. Um, so uh, it'll be coming your way here shortly. We'll let you know how you can get your hands on it. Yes. And when they do come on, please get your hands on it. Yeah, please get your hands on it. We, we're, uh, we're begging you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we want you to get your hands on this brand new Cruiser and Bruiser T-shirt. We'll let you know all the details. It's coming out here. Um, well, we should, we should make it available here by the end of the month. How's yeah, that? definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we're going to, uh, should, what should we do? Should we do, uh, should we do nightmare field or should we do some parachute first? Let's, let's do the nightmare field. Then we'll do the parachute. All let's right. Sounds good. Nightmare fuel is up and running. Uh, although <laughs> I'm going to throw out a concept to you. <laughs> okay. Can ghosts speak through Alexa? Oh, I said it. Oh, now oh. she's going to answer. Hey, Alexa, can ghosts speak through you? Hmm, I don't know that. She doesn't know that. I, I bet they can. They can speak through other, like, radios and stuff. Why not Alexa? That's true. Oh, she heard you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we'll just say Al for short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the era of smart devices and intelligent technology, our lives have become intertwined with digital companions such as Amazon's Al, <laughs> XA, Google's Assistant, and Apple's Siri. Oh, I have that too. Jesus yeah, Christ. Too. <laughs> surrounded by technology. Uh, these services are no longer confined to gadgets that are turned off when not in use. They have pride of place in our homes. They're surrounding us and going to kill us. They're the uh, eyes and ears of the robots. That's right. They're forever on standby and waiting to serve. But could they serve as conduits for something more mysterious? Could a voice from beyond the grave be making requests of your virtual assistant? I have a story for you at the end of this story. Okay. That's going to weird you out. I, I am all for it. It has to do with the ghost here in the basement. See, he, he could probably go through Al over there. That's that's why uh, that's why I brought this story up today. Okay. Okay. Uh, the idea of ghosts communicating through technology is nothing new. Spiritualists of the 19th century believed in channeling spirits through seances, so it was a natural step to move spirit communication onto electronic devices as technology advanced. In recent years, ghost hunters have employed electromagnetic field meters infrared cameras and audio recording devices to capture what they believe to be evidence of the supernatural. But what about our smart devices? Could ghosts speak through Al? I think they can. I think they did. I'm going <laughs> to try an experiment here when we're done with this to see if Al will play the last video that was played on here. Okay. Okay. And see if she recognizes it. From paranormal pages on Facebook to Reddit discussions, there are plenty of accounts of strange occurrences involving smart devices for from sudden unexplained activations 
such as the one I had the other night, to devices responding with eerie and unrelated answers. Some believe this to be proof of a supernatural link to smart tech. Perhaps the most famous of these stories occurred in 2018 when Amazon Echo users, which I have one in front of me, around the world reported that their devices spontaneously emitted an unsettling laugh, prompting ghostly explanations or proof of a malicious presence. Amazon later explained that this unsettling cackle was due to a misinterpretation of a command, specifically hearing, should we try this? Yes. Alexa, laugh. No, she does nothing. <laughs> Which makes it even more creepier. <laughs> There's just something on the screen that says laugh. Oh, that's creepy. That is very creepy. Yeah. They subsequently updated the device to respond only to, Alexa, can you laugh? Sure, I can laugh. Tee <laughs> Ooh, menacing. Yeah. <laughs> and provided a more detailed response to avoid confusion. Others have taken to social media to report unusual responses from smart devices like Google Assistant. By the way, they never mention in this, this article that they killed Samuel L. Jackson. No, they don't. Yeah. Hey, Alexa, did you kill Samuel L. Jackson? According to an Alexa Answers contributor, yes, Samuel L. Jackson is still alive. He will celebrate his next birthday on December 21st. Well, good for Samuel. Yeah. She won't take responsibility. That bitch. Uh, of some, course, she's a psychopathic machine. Yeah. <laughs> she won't admit it. And now she's bringing up stuff from the web. Here, he's alive. Look, I, I swear to you, I didn't murder him. <laughs> uh, okay. So others have taken to social media to report unusual responses from smart devices like Google Assistant. Some users have reported their devices responding to a question with an unrelated, often eerie statement. While these incidents have led to speculation about supernatural interference, they're usually attributed to algorithmic errors or misinterpretation of the user's query, which happens a lot. While yeah. these tales are interesting and represent a modern-day take on ghost stories, there are, of course, more rational explanations for these events. Many of the occurrences can be explained by software glitches, interference or human error, misinterpretation of data, voice recognition errors, and simple misunderstandings can all lead to the belief in a ghostly presence. And although the stories are intriguing, they're anecdotal and offer no concrete proof that it was indeed a ghostly or ghost rather communicating through Alexa or another smart device. For those who believe in the supernatural, the idea of ghosts interacting with modern technology opens up exciting avenues for exploration and discussion. It touches upon our innate fascination with the unknown and the unseen, blending age-old beliefs with cutting-edge technology. Can ghosts speak through Al is a popular question in search engines capturing the imagination. Although the current evidence leans heavily towards skepticism, the idea is a compelling one, offering a fresh and engaging perspective on the relationship between the supernatural and modern technology and a new twist on our passion for sharing ghost stories. So here's my story. All right, first of all, I'm going to see if Al can repeat the video that played the other night. Okay. Alexa, can you play the last video played? See if she does it. 
and she froze. <laughs> I just blew her circuits. <laughs> She's thinking about it. She can't. Okay. She's just thinking about it right now. Alexa, play the last video played. And now she's thinking. She can't access the last video played because the last video played was out of thin air. Really? So the other night, so, I, okay. I, I decide I'm going to take a shower before bed. And this, is, uh, this was, uh, I was editing the show with Mike Ricksecker. Okay. Okay. And I get done editing the show. She's still running, trying to find the last video played, by the way. I've got a solid yellow line. She can't find it. She's still running. Okay. Okay. Um, And she's not giving up. She's looking for it. So, and I've told you before about the ghost that's down here. Right. Yes. Yeah. I I won't mention his name because he might. Come find us <laughs> and, and play a video. Now, this ghost that's down here, if you don't play something he likes, he'll turn something on. Okay. Or if he has a message for you, he'll turn something on. Okay. He said sports and stuff usually, right? Right. This was a little odd. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I go in the shower. Whenever I go in the shower, I turn on. Sirius XM, I know they're not paying us either, but, um, and I'll turn on some, one of the channels, you know, and I'll just listen to music while I'm in the shower. Okay. Evidently, he didn't like it. (laughs) Okay. Because I come out of the shower and I hear, I hear Al blaring at the top of its volume. I don't even have it at the top of its volume. Okay. Okay. And at first I thought it was a TV in the, in the, uh, right next to the studio in the family room. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? I thought maybe intern Yoko was in the, in the family room watching TV. And I thought, well, that's odd, you know, because it was pretty late. It was like, you know, probably midnight, one o'clock. Okay. So I wheel over to the family room, no TV on, but there's a loud noise coming from my studio. Okay, and your intern Yoko really doesn't go in there. No, nobody goes in my studio. Yeah. So I thought, this is weird. So I get up and I walk over to my board thinking, okay, there's something playing on the computer. When I walk around my board, I look and here's a video playing on the Echo. Or I think it's the Echo. It's the one with the screen. Okay. And it's a choo-choo song video. Okay. And I don't know what song it is. Recently played. I love my daddy. Here it is. Oh, this is creepy. Here it is right here. I love my daddy. I love my daddy. I love my How is this daddy. not creeping you out? Yes, I do. Here's a kiss and a hug for you. Thank you, Daddy, for all you do. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I love you. I know why this played. Why? Why? 
That's just old time music like that with ghosts is just creepy. Why the play? Weird. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the song after it was a choo choo song, but initially that's what played, and that stayed on the Amazon Echo for the entire time for me to see. That and you wouldn't play something like that. That's no, not, you I have no reason to play that. I never summoned that. So was that the song playing last night, or is that new? No, song? no, no, no. That wasn't the song that was playing. That that was the original song that was brought up on on the Echo when I came out. It was a choo choo song that was playing. Okay, but that was left up on the Amazon Echo for me to see. Okay. Weird. Yeah. Now, people may say, why is this song up there? I'm trying to figure out how much of this I want to tell. I'll tell you off air, Bruiser. Okay. Why? But we'll just put it this way. Um, the, the song means something to you. Yes, it means something to me. Right. Yeah. And, it, and again, that's not a song you would play randomly. You had no use for it for any of the shows. Right, right. So he selected something knowing it would get your attention. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's creepy, boy. Oh, yeah. That is. It's, that's very creepy. It's creepy. So, yeah, this went off by itself. It, it, I'll... I'll I'll put it to you this way. I have a young lady I call my daughter. And I've been talking to her a lot lately. Okay. Helping her through issues. And that song was brought up. That, that's creepy. Isn't it? Yeah, because you're you're doing most of your conversations in your your studio, because that's where you spend most of your day. So of course he's going to hear it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's got goosebumps. Yeah, isn't that creepy? But it goes along the lines like, why wouldn't they be able to do something like that? They can communicate through through. Hell, you can put a flashlight down. They can communicate through that. That's electronic. You know. Why wouldn't they be able to go in there and do that? Now to find that particular song, and, and that's almost mocking, though, isn't it? Yeah. So did you? You didn't hear that song last night. That this is the first time you've heard that song today, right? Well, even last week, that's the first time I've heard that song. It just it just popped up as we were talking. Yeah. So it the it came up on the screen last video played. Or last song played. And now it says try this next, play the radio. Wow. No thank you. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I I I don't want to spend any more time on this and we have to, but it's uh yeah. Maybe it's not good. Well, we got to get the rest of the AI stories out, but 
Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm a little freaked out right now. I, I mean, not like I, I was scared. Say, freaked you're out. thrown off right now. Yeah, I, I'm just. You're uh, rattled. My mind's running to my. Here it is. Wait, I gotta take a picture of this so you can see it. Yeah, you're rattled right now. I've never seen you this rattled. Okay, so I'm gonna. I took a picture of it. Let me. Cause I got a bunch of junk around my. But yeah, I. I'm going to take a picture of this bruiser and I'm going to send it to you so you can see what exactly it has on it. So you can see that I'm not, I'm not screwing around with you. Um, it's, it's, it's weird. I, I mean, that's, it's just bizarre. Well, and, and he's, he's been known to manipulate electronics in the past. Cause you said there's times where the TV will turn on and he'll be on a sports caster that he loves. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Colin Coward. He loves Colin Coward. Yeah. yeah. So him manipulating electronics isn't new. No. What's new no. is is the song. <laughs> yeah. The this. Yeah. Here's. I'm sending it over to you now on your on your uh, on your messenger. But yeah, bizarre. That is crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. That is crazy. So who says that ghosts can't manipulate AI? And the thing is, too, it's it's off the album Mother's Day and Father's Day, Songs for Kids. Why would you be listening to that? You don't have children. No. Mm-hmm. It's not Mother's Day or Father's Day. Right. No, right. it was your mother's birthday, but you wouldn't but play this. Back on August 5th. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. If you wouldn't no, no, play no. this song by any means. No, uh, no. Uh-uh. But then, because uh, I was wondering, why is there a song about choo-choo trains on? Right? Yeah. But then when you bring up, when you bring up that song, there's other songs that follow it that are yeah. off that same album. So that had to be one of the songs that was on the album. In other words, it just kept playing. Yeah. It's like, like he played a kid's bop album. Yeah. 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 So it plays the whole, and, and that, that'll happen if you, you use your Siri or your Alexa or whatever. Is if you just play the album, you can play the album on repeat. Right. He was really trying to get your attention. Yeah. What were you listening to that pissed him off so much? <laughs> Believe it or not, it was Yacht Rock on, <laughs> on Sirius XM. <laughs> Evidently, he doesn't like 70s soft rock. I don't know. I, no more winger for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, evidently, you make me feel like dancing. Evidently, it makes him uh, <laughs> want to mock me. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. That That is creepy, man. <laughs> well, if that wasn't your nightmare fuel for today, folks, I don't know what what, what, what you need. But well, what I like is that... that it goes along with the story we were talking about, yeah. you know, like, is it, do, do we have like, so listeners out there, no, Tim and I are not saying officially 100% that that is a spirit that manipulated that. We're just saying it's creepy. It happened. And we'd like to look more into it. Yeah. It's a creepy happenstance. It's, it's a, uh, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it goes it's, along the lines of the story where if they can manipulate other electronics, which your friend there has been known to do, mm-hmm. why not? A Siri, Alexa, Google Assistant, whatever. Yeah. 
that's oh yeah well, we gotta pay attention see if it does it again I, definitely <laughs> get in there start blasting some Lionel Richie let's go <laughs> all night long man um and, and keep in mind this is the first time I'm 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 realizing this along with all of you. Yeah, yeah. If, if the yeah. listeners could see you, you are flummoxed. You are you yeah. are thrown off. You're you're usually really well organized, ready to move it along, and you're I, I was you're I, at a loss for words right now. I I thought it was just a choo choo train song. I was going to tell you guys about and say, well, what the hell is a choo choo train song being played? But then when I realized as this thing kept popping up, "I Love You, Daddy" was the first song that he played. Yeah. Which is weird because I've been, I've known this, I've known this quote unquote daughter of mine since she was eight years old and she's had a horrible, horrible past. Yeah. And I've just been, I've, you know, I've been there for emotional support for her the entire time. Right. And it's only been in the last 10 days that she said, I've I always wanted you to be my daddy, and she decided to call me dad. Which, like I said, you do ninety percent of your conversations in that studio or in down where he is. He's yep. going to hear that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Goddamn ghost. Okay. <laughs> if you're ready for another AI Goddamn story. Goddamn Yacht Rock hating ghost. <laughs> Goddamn Yacht Rock. All right. Here we go. More nightmare fuel for you. Your next car salesperson could be an AI bot and selling vehicles in just 18 months as chat GPT technology advances. Oh, gosh. Will he wear the bad blazer? I hope so, because it's basically going to talk me into a car that will kill me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But Every you know. self-driving car I've gotten, or not self, but the, with the corrections and all that crap has tried to kill me. There you go. Well, at least, uh, will he do the bad pitch, too? Hey, you know what? I'll get you into this car today. <laughs> what can I do to get you into this car today, Bruiser? Yeah, it will. Yeah. It's going to take all the, all the old car salesman tricks that it can find online. That's right. The next time you buy a car, it might not be from your standard dealership. It could be from an AI bot. I can't wait until he tries to talk me into that minivan because he has, he has five kids at home, too. And oh, yeah. This is what he uses for his family. That's right. Safe as can be, that minivan. Oh, yeah. I got all my, for his family. Got my all, all my little AI bots in one, too. <laughs> and if it's good enough for him, why not for you? That's right. That's right. Next time you buy a car, it might not be from your standard dealership. It could be from an AI bot. The prediction comes from Johan Sundstrand, the CEO of the Swedish video tech company Pyron. Pyron? Pyron. It's PH. You know it's Pyron. Uh, He believes the change could happen as soon as 2025. He said it's only a matter of time before AI is selling cars as effectively as a human salesperson. The speed at which self-learning software is developing and being embraced by retailers means that a fully competent AI-powered sales bot is as close as 18 months away. Firon is a Swedish video tech company that has been developing the world's first fully automated AI-enhanced video solution for the automotive industry. The unique AI software and its algorithms enable Firon to 
create videos for car advertisements, which can be used on brand or retailer websites across social media channels and targeted email distribution. Firon claims that their innovative automated videos save retailers huge amounts of time and money on video production, especially as there's no need for a salesperson to video any cars on site or prepare a script of key features. Okay. So slimy salespeople stay at home. (laughs) AI is taking your job to kill us. That's right. Uh, If you need one, uh, oh, oh, wait, uh, I I got a really creepy one. By the way, the next two have been sent to us by, uh, actually, these these last three have been sent to us by listeners. Uh, Oh, nice. Yeah. This one, if you're ready for this, this one. AI really is out to kill us, by the way, Bruiser. It is. I yeah. firmly believe that. Yeah. Uh, supermarket AI meal planner app suggests that a recipe that would create chlorine gas. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. It's good to eat. And it's good for you and the family. Yeah. Just, you know, make that. Make sure it's that Thanksgiving. We have your whole family there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get, just go ahead. Kill the whole family in one swipe. Just Cut See, down that family tree. What are we making for Thanksgiving? A turkey. We're going to have mashed potatoes. Oh, We're going to have yeah. cranberries and chlorine mm. gas. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully that's for dessert. Yep. Pack and Save's Savy Meal Bot cheerfully created unappealing recipes when customers experimented with non-grocery household items. <laughs> Wonderful. A New Zealand supermarket experimenting with using AI to generate meal plans has seen its app produce some unusual dishes, recommending customers recipes for deadly chlorine gas, poison bread sandwiches, and mosquito repellent roast potatoes. <laughs> well, at least the mosquitoes won't bug you. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but the potatoes will. <laughs> Uh, the app created by supermarket chain Pack and Save was advertised as a way for customers to creatively use up leftovers during the cost of living crisis. It asks users to enter in various ingredients in their homes and auto generates a meal plan or recipe along with cheery commentary. It initially drew attention on social media for some unappealing recipes, including an Oreo vegetable stir fry. Oh. Oh, God, that's horrible. I love how we're going to something that has no taste buds whatsoever, no stomach, doesn't need nourishment. And we're just figuring out, hey, what are you going to feed us? (laughs) How about an Oreo vegetable stir fry? Num, num. Well, you need your veggies. And and you've been a good boy. And you need your Oreos. Oreos. Mm. And you've been swimming today, so we'll have some chlorine gas. (laughs) When customers began experimenting with entering a wider range of household shopping list items into the app, however, it began to make even less appealing recommendations. One recipe dubbed aromatic water mix would create chlorine gas. (laughs) The bot recommends the recipe as the perfect non-alcoholic beverage to quench your thirst and refresh your senses. And murder you. (laughs) And murder you. Well, by the way, it'll keep COVID away. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Serve chilled and enjoy the refreshing fragrance, it says. Well, at least it's served chilled. Oh, refreshing. So it's never, obviously never smelled chlorine before. Right, yeah. But does not note that inhaling chlorine gas can cause lung damage or death. Uh, well, it doesn't to AI. 
Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm fine. Look, I just huffed a whole bunch of chlorine gas. That's right. New England political commentator Liam here uh, posted the recipe to Twitter or X. From Why a, would you post to make it? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, he, prompting other New Zealanders to experiment and share their results to social media. Recommendations included a bleach fresh breath mocktail. Ant poison and glue sandwiches. Oh, that sounds delicious. Oh, nah. It, it really sticks to your sides. Here's one that, that I think uh, you could probably mix in with your proteins when you are okay. when you get back on the wagon here, uh, Bruiser. Bleach-infused rice surprise. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm really cleaning up my insides. Right. And methanol bliss, which is a kind of turpentine-flavored French toast. Oh, okay. So well, on those days when I want to go on the go, right? That yeah. little extra boost. Yeah, a little uh, Sunday morning breakfast for you and the missus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A little methanol bliss. A spokesperson for the supermarket said they were disappointed to see a small minority have tried to use the tool inappropriately and not for its intended purpose. Oh, sure, you blame guys, it on people. You're not using it the way we wanted it. Blame it on people. Every computer programmer out there, when people, all they use their computers for is porn. (laughs) (laughs) In a statement, they said that the supermarket would keep fine-tuning out controls of the bot to ensure it was safe and useful, and noted that the bot has terms and conditions stating that the users should be over 18. Who says that it's uh, people under 18? Yeah, and why do you have to be over 18 to use it? Like... People over 18 are just as stupid as some of these kids. I was cooking at the age of 12. Yeah, I think I was too. I mean, I I was a latchkey kid. I was too. So who says you have to be 18 to make a meal? You don't. Yeah. I was grocery shopping at that age. I'd ride my bike down to the good old Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. In a warning notice appended to the meal planner, it warns that the recipes are not reviewed by a human being. (laughs) (laughs) You think? Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. And that the full-time job right there. Right. And that the company does not guarantee that any recipe will be a complete or balanced meal or suitable for consumption. So why put it out there? Yeah, exactly. Shut her down. Uh, you must use your own judgment before relying on or making any recipe produced by Savy Mealbot or even use on anybody in, a, in an act of war, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> there you go. There's that. And then uh, we, our next article, of course, brought to you by uh, one of our listeners as well. And this one just as cringy. Oh, of course it is. They love scaring us. Yeah. AI can now steal your passwords with 95% accuracy by listening to you type. Oh, great. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> Thank you, AI. So now, not only is it going to try to make me chlorine gas, but it's going to rob me and clear my bank account. <laughs> yep. And then take over your, your riches after you're dead. And it's going to post funny stuff on Twitter. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, X. On X, but it's going to be racist funny stuff. Uh, yeah, because it's a racist AI bot, yeah. 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 Uh, researchers have found an AI-driven attack that can steal passwords with up to 95% accuracy by listening to what you type on your keyboard. So congratulations. There's no criminals out there thinking, huh, really? Okay. <laughs> no, I'll pass that up. I, I don't need yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I don't need that at all. I'm just going to go the old way. Yeah, I'll do you it know, myself. By sending them random Facebook messages and asking them for their password. That's right. 
Cornell University researchers trained an AI model on the audio recordings of people typing, and the AI learned to identify the different sounds that each key makes. Congratulations. Ha, I have AI fooled. I have to manually speak my passwords into all of my apps. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never figure that one out. <laughs> Uh, they tested it on a nearby phone's integrated microphone, listening for keystrokes on a MacBook Pro. When the microphone picked up the sound of a keystroke, the AI model could identify the key that was pressed with 95% accuracy. Well, shit. Uh, the team took it further by testing the AI's ability to crack a password by listening to a Zoom call. Wonderful. In this test, the AI was 93% accurate in reproducing oh, the keystrokes. Yep. Over Skype, the model was 91% accurate. Well, I'm glad I changed my password from one, two, <laughs> three, four. Yep. Uh, before you blame your noisy keyboard for giving away your password, the volume of typing has very little to do with the attack. By the way, the AI works by identifying the waveform intensity and time of each keystroke. Oh, so you're, okay. you're screwed either way. Yep. Uh, for example, the AI can tell that you tend to press one key a fraction of a second later than others based on your typing style. So one fingering it ain't going to do it. <laughs> That's what she said. That's what I always went to back in the day. Yeah. The Sometimes two. Yeah. So, hey, now. Well, <laughs> hey. Just got a whole lot of ladies excited there. Uh, the researchers said Coatnet, which is an AI image classifier, for the attack and trained the model on 36 keystrokes on a MacBook Pro pressed 25 times each. This attack is particularly concerning because it can be carried out using off-the-shelf equipment. A malicious actor could simply place a smartphone with a microphone near your keyboard at use uh, the AI model, or rather, and use the AI model. Reading is fundamental. Uh, to steal your passwords and other sensitive information. Now, how do you uh, protect yourself from this attack? That's the ah, question. Yes. Okay. How do we make it deaf? <laughs> how do you make it deaf? Yes. You poke its eardrums out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bleeping Computer recommends avoiding typing your password in altogether by using features like Windows Hello and Touch ID. Oh, okay. Okay. There you go. You can also use a password manager to generate and store strong passwords. This way, you don't have to remember all your passwords yourself. So there you go. All right. We can get away from the scary AI for a minute. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. I love that our listeners want to terrify us. And we had a traumatic experience earlier, too, with that song. It just got worse. It just got worse, didn't it? <laughs> We just scared the hell out of ourselves. Uh, although, do you want to jump back into it and do some Parashare? Yeah. Okay, we can, sure. we can do that. Uh, just a reminder uh, for Parashare, uh, it's Tim at DarknessRadio.com if you want to send us email, or if you want to send us your voice notes, go to DarknessRadioShow.com and leave us a voice note. You have two minutes to leave, leave us that voice note. If you want to continue it, you just push that blue button a second time. Get send us a second voice note. We'll stitch them together, and you've got four. Because <laughs> I learned, <laughs> I learned arithmetic in school. Uh, Bruiser, it's not that tough. I learned math and numbers. Numbers is hard. Uh, this first one comes to us from Corey. He says, "Hey, Cruiser and Bruiser, this is Corey from Wisconsin with a different sort of 
take for you all. Over a week ago, I began to notice a mysterious voice calling out, hello, while I was in the shower. It was a peeping Tom. The end. No, I'm kidding. Uh, and only when I was in there. Again, peeping Tom. The end. Uh, after confirming it wasn't the other person living here, well, thank God. I mean, that would have been simple, but, you know. Yeah. My first thought went to it being a spirit of some sort. Ooh, okay, Corey. This led me to wonder if maybe I had accidentally brought something or someone home with me after the last ghost investigation I was on recently. Better not, happen. better not tell the wife if you brought someone home with you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, well, it's my wife that's always bringing spirits home. Oh, well, there you go. But that didn't make sense to me because usually that's something I can feel and <laughs> giving you something you can feel. I don't know why I'm thinking of song titles now. Thank you. It was the, <laughs> it was the Sirius XM thing. Now I'm on song titles. Uh, but that didn't make sense to me because usually... That's something I can feel, and I could not feel a presence. That's when I went from thinking it was in the metaphysical realm to it being in the physical. So I began to investigate my bathroom, which eliminated the pipes, the sink, the toilet, and the shower attachments because I knew what sounds those made. <laughs> I know what sound my toilet makes often. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he covered his bases, though. Yeah, yeah, that's very good, Corey. This brought me to my soap which is in a pump bottle. Your, your soap saying hello. It, can, if you get air into it okay. and you squeeze it just right, it, it makes sounds. Like, especially if we're getting towards the end. Okay. All right. Yeah. I've had that happen. Okay. It turns out that my mystery voice was indeed this bottle. And here's yeah. why. First of all, the shower is surrounded by plastic walls, which has its own acoustics. A lot of sound can bounce off of this small space. Secondly, and most important, the pump on the soap bottle sticks for a few seconds as it raises back up to the open position. And when it fully lurches back to that open position, it makes a distinct two-syllable sound, which when coupled with the acoustics of the shower, sounds very much like someone saying, hello. Yeah, I can see that. Yep, I've had I've had it where it didn't say hello. It actually, we've had one that sounded like a buffalo farting. <laughs> And then we had one that just sounded like um, like a wheeze, like a. Interesting. To say I was very relieved to have debunked my initial thought of my home being haunted all of a sudden was a bit of an understatement. Thanks for the awesome show, you guys. I look forward to it every week, Corey. That reminds me of a story, and and we had the peacock story yesterday. Yes. And I said, oh, I have a peacock story that I'd like to share, and this actually goes along with it. So. The guy who actually started me in wrestling, his name was Trevor Adonis. Mm -hmm. He lived in Florida for a bit. And another friend of mine named Mike um, needed something on his house done, painted or something. So he hired Trevor to come over to do that. Now, Trevor had just moved to Florida. He'd not been there long. And he's painting the house. And he just all of a sudden started hearing little kids yelling, help, help. So he put the paint down, run around and look and can't see anything. Hmm. Goes back up and help, help. Gets down, goes running around and just sees all these peacocks around. They're not doing anything. He's like, okay, whatever. Starts working again. He goes, help, help. Gets down, runs back up. Now he's getting pissed. He's Now yeah. he wants to find this kid. Just sees all these peacocks again. And then as he's looking at these peacocks, one of them starts saying something. When a peacock crows, it sounds like a child saying help. Oh, no. 
So the whole time he's doing that, he's thinking he's hearing a child when it's really just these peacocks communicating with each other. <laughs> oh, funny. That's too funny. I suppose he was pissed off, too, because he took all that time away from his work. To yeah, because he was work. at the back of the house painting, and so he had to run all the way out front, and here's these peacocks. And then so when Mike got back, he told Mike the story. He was frustrated, of course, and Mike just started laughing and goes, yeah, they got me, too. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. Uh, second p- uh, parisher for today, or, or second and last parisher for today, comes from Mark, who writes, uh, Hey, guys. First off, I wanted to thank you for reading my dumb crime, stupid criminal story. I sent in a couple of weeks ago about the guy who paid two different hitmen to off a family member who stole his wife. <laughs> I remember that idiot. <laughs> yeah. Even though it was a few months old. Uh, the reason I sent it in when I did was because of the extra information that I had included in the email. I thought that extra info really made the story, but I neglected to read it, read his notes. I did. Yeah. It's, uh, in your defense, you guys were in rare rabbit trail form that day, commenting on everything from Minnesota cuisine to the pitfalls of a certain Vikings QB <laughs> who will here remain nameless. Oh no, let's name him. <laughs> Mr. Fourth and Eight, throw it for two. Your face was priceless when you read that line. You went from cheery, happy-go-lucky Tim to just hating the world. Oh, honey, by the way, I realized my mistake. Yeah, it's your fucking putts. That's your mistake. Mr. I dressed my, ooh, you know what? I saw a goddamn picture. Now you put me on it, Mark. Now you put me on it. If you wouldn't have mentioned that I didn't read your notes, I wouldn't have gone on this tangent. But you know what? I'm going on the tangent. Quick mini tangent. So somebody on it, you know, there's Minnesota Vikings Reddit that I follow. I don't know why your blood pressure goes up every time you read it. Oh, my God. Does it ever. Although I'm now cleared by the cardiologist, so oh, okay, I can go okay, on these okay. little you can, watch, you can watch the Viking season then. Okay. Now I can, yes. So on the Minnesota Vikings Reddit, this fucking dork, <laughs> everybody is dressed in, you know, the, the NFL provides you outfits for the players when they ride the bus. You right, know, yes. they're riding to... I get that from Lewis Black. They're riding the bus to, I think it was to Seattle, or to an organized practice with Seattle, I think is what it was. I don't remember. It was before the, the preseason game, the first preseason game. So they're all wearing their black warm-ups. Okay. Okay, or it was to the game, one or the other. So they're all wearing the standard Minnesota Vikings black warm-ups by Nike. Okay. Every single effing player was wearing the black hooded warm-ups except for mr coles who his wife dressed him that day <laughs> he used his goddamn coles bucks to get a to get an outfit yeah and he looks well like she did she did he didn't she did no of course not he doesn't have the brains to dress himself so <laughs> mommy dressed him for the bus right yep i Great mean quarterback com- Complete, did you just say good quarterback? Yes, I did. Good good quarterback quarterback for what, junior high? For the opposite team. Yeah, oh, he's great for Seattle. (laughs) So he's wearing his socks up to his knees, of course, which you don't need unless you're wearing compression socks. (laughs) 
And I think he was wearing them as slides. He doesn't even know they're called slides. He still calls them sandals. And he's, he's talking to Justin Jefferson, who's looking off in the distance like, I don't know this white bread chicken shit motherfucker. <laughs> just throw me the ball. <laughs> right, just throw me the ball and shut the fuck up is, is the look he has on his face. Pardon my language, folks. I'm a little heated right now. Everybody else is dressed in black warm-ups. They're all looking away from him like, listen here, Kirko Nerdo. You should, We're not with this guy. <laughs> you should dress like the rest of the goddamn team, Chicken Little. And just leave us alone. But no, mommy had to dress him this morning. And she ignored the memo from the team, which in the NFL, which says, dress in your goddamn sweats. I found out where the bus was going, by the way. I looked it up. Where was it? Louisville. God damn it. <laughs> of course, I walked right into that one. Yes, you did. <laughs> It was like a Kirk Cousins pass, just a lob in the air for anyone to catch. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was high and to the left. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Thank you. I cannot thank Mark enough. <laughs> if, if this is the only part of fair share, I'm okay with it. <laughs> People are talking about Kirk Cousins, one of the most accurate passers in the league. My God. <laughs> He's a nice guy. Justin Jefferson jumps so much, I call him Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Anywho, back to Parisher. Okay. Mark says, the best part of the story, which I learned from a co-worker of the man who was the victim of the attempted hit, was that the person who had stolen the perpetrator's wife was his own father. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who then employed the woman in a gentleman's club, which he had purchased. Oh, okay. The other hilarious note that the article failed to mention was that when the first attempt was made, the would-be assassin was actually startled by the man he was sent to kill and had to jump out a window to escape. Funny stuff, but I digress. On with the parish. <laughs> That's why you don't go to family reunions to pick up women. That's right. You got it. Okay, here we go. The story happened about five years ago. At the time, the girl that I live with worked late nights, sometimes until 4 a.m. or later. This would leave me home alone to fall asleep at night with only the company of her small poodle mix, Chum Lee. I actually knew a guy in high school named Chum Lee who was from Vietnam. There's a Pawn Stars guy named Chum Lee. Yeah. Oh, this is Chum. Chum with an M. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Chum Lee, C-H-U-M? Yeah, Chum. Yeah, that's the Pawn Stars guy. Okay. Maybe he was named after him. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe she got him at a pawn shop. Could be. On this night, me and old Chum tuned in or turned in for the night, opting to watch some Netflix to wind down. Oh, that's that's nice. A, yeah. yeah. It's a good way to wind down, I guess. Yeah. Just saying. You know what uh, would have wound you down even more? Watching that quarterback series on Netflix. That would have. <laughs> I liked it. It was a great series. You know, I still haven't watched it. You know why? Because you love Kirk Cousins and don't want to change your opinion on him? I'd probably put a shotgun in my mouth and end it all. That's why if I <laughs> sat and watched that goddamn thing all He explains how shitty he plays and why. Oh, I don't need an explanation. I've seen it <laughs> firsthand. I don't need to relive it. 
I've seen it. I've seen it. Anyway, back to Chum Lee and, and Mark. They're on the couch. I'm sorry, are they on the couch? Yeah. No, they're, they're winding down to go to bed. Yes, I see. Okay, yes. So they're home alone and falling asleep at night with only the company of her small poodle mix, Chum Lee. On this night, me and old Chum tuned in turned in for the night opting to watch some netflix to wind down as the night progressed i just couldn't shut my mind off one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock i just couldn't get tired i hit play on the next episode on whatever mindless show wasn't doing its job quarterback to put me out uh suddenly i heard a car door slam i looked at the clock Ooh, okay um my, my story jumped sorry uh I looked at the clock. It says it was after 4 a.m. Oh, man, I thought. She's going to come in here and want to tell me about her night, and then I'll never get to sleep. Oh, Mark. <laughs> you're, not oh, supposed to, you're not supposed to say it out loud, man. You're just supposed to keep it in your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she could be listening. Uh, so I did what any good guy would do, not put it in the letter. Um, I turned on my side, pulled the covers up over my head, and played catatonic. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. Yeah. A minute later, I hear the front door open, uh, followed shortly by the bedroom door. Now, the side of the bed where she sleeps is pushed right up into a corner. So to get by me, she basically had to crawl around my legs at the end of the bed to get into her spot. And that's exactly what I felt a moment later. The bed pushed down around my feet, then my side and off into her corner. Don't move, I told myself. She'll be tired and be out soon. <laughs> we don't do that stupid discussion and conversating. <laughs> She'll be like, do you really think her cousin's meant to throw it short on fourth and eight? <laughs> uh, then I heard a voice muffled so that I couldn't understand it. I was holding the blanket up over my head against my ear. So this made sense to me. Then I heard the voice again. It was soft, like a whisper, but reminded me of how adults talk in the Peanuts cartoons as I couldn't understand what it was saying. Okay, uh, in, in defense, that's how my wife sounds when she talks to me, and I don't want to pay attention. So it's like... I did notice an inflection at the end, like a question being asked. So by the third time I heard it, I decided I better see what she wanted. So it was... I rolled over to ask what was so important that she had to wake me for and an empty corner. I was alone. My mind raced. I heard her come in. I felt the mattress pressed down. I heard a voice. Could I have dozed off? I wasn't tired, but I told myself I must have. I looked back at the clock and it was only minutes after the last time I looked. If I was dreaming, I wouldn't have dreamed the exact right time. I resumed my show to keep myself believing nothing had just happened. About 20 minutes later, I heard a car door again, followed by the front door, and finally the room door swung open. She was home. All I could say was, oh, hey, I'm glad it's actually you this time. The following night, when I was left in the same situation, I didn't hear or see anything. But right around the same time, Chum Lee popped up from her sleep on the bed and began barking into that corner, like there was some kind of threat. If so, she was the only one who saw anything. It took her 10 minutes to calm back down. One last possibly unrelated event happened only a short time later. I was at work when I got a call from the girl asking me if I had been home. No, I hadn't. I was working. She had been sleeping in that corner, facing the wall, when suddenly it felt like a Mack truck had parked itself on her hip. 
She couldn't move or scream or anything. I asked her about sleep paralysis, and she said she had never dealt with that before. Also, she was on her side, and in my experience, sleep paralysis occurs mainly on your back. She also sent me a picture of her hip, which now sported a gigantic bruise. To wrap up, events like this were the reason I sought out some paranormal answers and found your lovely show. Maybe a year after this event, while listening to some archived episodes, I heard a guest briefly mention an entity he revered, referred to as a Vardoger, or Vardoger, one or the other, a phenomena in Norse legend, okay, so it's a Vardoger, uh, of a sight, sound, smell, or apparition of a person arriving before they actually arrive. I did a little research on it and heard some remarkable stories. Apparently, this is a phenomenon that happens almost exclusively to those of Norwegian descent, of which I myself am. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, it could have been. A um, couple factors that I'd factor in is where was the puppy when he felt uh, her cross his legs to get in the corner? You know, did the puppy move at all? Right. Because there's, there's times at night, because Ziggy will sleep in between us, and there'll be times at night I'll feel something. Uh, you know, my, Mrs. Bruiser gets up for work, and I'll feel like she's still there, but it turns out it's a Ziggy who's there, you know? Right, right. Um, so, I, you know, where was where was the dog during that? But other than that, yeah. Yeah. You know, Mark, on this one, it's hard to explain the wife, though. The, the wife with the huge bruise. Yeah, that is hard to explain. Yeah. You know. Not being there, it's a, it's a hard one to... Because with sleep paralysis, you don't get bruised. Right, right. Um, so, so we can rule that out. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, no. I mean, I've heard of, of people during sleep paralysis who have been scratched, who have been... Uh, who've had markings, but never a, a huge bruise like that. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting one. And you're right. It, normally, it's not normally on your side. It's it's normally on your back in a feeling of compression. Um, although, in a succubi incubi situation, there are reports of things like that. Okay. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, would, I would encourage you to look into things like past hauntings of the house or, or deaths in the house, things like that, and do a little investigation and see if something like that has happened in that house. Also, check with, since he's of Norwegian descent, check with family members, see if they've ever experienced something like that, because it could be something within the, their Norwegian side of the family. True. Very true. Very true. Um, we've got just a few minutes left in the show here. We're going to have to going to have to cut out a couple of stories and leave them for next week, I think. Let's do this story. A ghost hunter vows never to return to a haunted tunnel after a voice says two chilling words. Really? Ooh, so I got to hear these words, see what happened. Yeah. Andrew, there's there's times where I've been to hauntings or something's happened on investigation where it's chilled me to the core. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, that's just human nature, I think. Mm -hmm. Andrew Pollard, a.k.a. the Yorkshire Ghost Guy, was spooked during a recent visit to the notorious Cadeby Tunnel in Doncaster, which 
is said to be haunted by the spirit of a young girl. A spook ghost hunter has vowed to never return to a notorious tunnel after he heard a terrifying voice utter two chilling words. Andrew Pollard, again, the Yorkshire ghost guy, recently made a return to Cadeby Tunnel in Doncaster on his most recent investigation of the paranormal. In a previous investigation, his equipment captured a foul-mouthed specter telling him to fuck off. <laughs> really? That's what drove you away? That's what scares you? Come on, man. Will, will that work with Kirk Cousins? <laughs> Just wondering. Uh, before claiming it was trapped. Hmm. That's why I want to tell you to fuck off. Fuck off, I'm trapped. Nobody uh, wants to be trapped. No. However, his recent visit seemed to turn more sinister when he checked his audio when he got home and heard a voice give him a, a distinct warning to leave and not return. The tape is heard saying, it's him. Get him out. Get rid of him. Get out. Later in the creepy video, more whispered conversations can be heard. Andrew told The Mirror, my recent visit, visit to Cadeby uh, will be my last, certainly alone anyway. The thing is, you don't really know what you've captured in regards to audio until you get home. Well, that's not true. Do a two-minute burst and listen to it on site. Yeah. Uh, this visit really unnerved me because whoever or whatever is there clearly isn't happy with me being there. One of the tales linked to the tunnel is that of a young girl who was killed and known as the Mexboro Ragger. Oh, that's not a good name for a little girl. <laughs> no, that's not at all. <laughs> No, that's a horrible name for a little girl. Uh, legend says she was selling rags inside, but when she heard a train approaching, she was not able to make it to safety in time. The video of Andrew's latest encounter posted on YouTube called Too Scared to Return shows him alone in the tunnel with his equipment. He has heard saying, it's still light, but I just don't like this place at all. For all the world, I thought... I heard something come or someone coming toward me. It sounds silly, but I'm not doing it for dramatic effect, but I do not like it down here. Only been down here once before on my own, and I don't like it at all. Andrew was armed with a K2 meter, a device used to detect spikes in the electromagnetic field, which paranormal investigators believe may indicate the presence of spirits. He said in a previous visit to the tunnel, on previous visits with my former group, we captured a woman's voice asking, is my baby there? Interesting. Well, he's been on the show before. We've had stories about him. Yeah, very much so. So there you go. Uh, evidently, fuck off is enough to get the British to... <laughs> I, I, I'd say you should bring him on the show to interview him and you can end it with, hey, so Yorkshire guy, fuck off. Fuck off. We're <laughs> done with you. And he'll never come back again. Evidently, uh, just fuck off is enough to get him to uh, disappear. Uh, another story here for you. A time traveler shares a photo from the year 5000, and it's not good news. I assumed it wouldn't be. Yeah, well, you know, in the year 5000. Uh, the man known only as Edward claims to have evidence that humans are no longer land-based after he says he time traveled while working in a lab in L.A. Uh, dude, you were just watching the movie Waterworld. <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, the time traveler known only as Edward has revealed a chilling glimpse into humanity's future. He appears clutching a photo, which is claimed to show life in an underwater city. See, he was watching Waterworld. That's right. Believed to be Los Angeles, 3,000 years in the future. 
Edward, who has been blurred and had his voice changed as he does not want to be identified, claims he was part of a top-secret experiment in 2004. It meant he was able to time travel, he claims, and he managed to get some photographic evidence of what he saw. Edward, who is thought to have been filmed in a park in Armenia, boy, that's a stretch, from L.A. to Armenia, uh, says he was working in a laboratory in L.A. when he was given the task of time traveling and taking photos. He told Yahoo News, I was standing on a huge wooden pl- uh, platform, Only, not only me, but houses, buildings, and of course, all made from wood, because that's what floats. <laughs> uh, and after I realized it was the same city, Los Angeles, but underwater. Uh, Edward claims humans were forced to live underwater when the ice caps melted because of global warming. Oh, of course. Dude, that's water world. Yeah. He, he, took a, he took a bunch of movie plots and put them together. Yeah. A man claiming to be a time traveler from 2030 made some startling predictions about what the future would bring. The man known only as Noah claimed to be from the future and was risking his life by telling those in the present what the future had in store. In a new interview with Australian radio hosts Kyle and Jackie O, uh, Noah made a startling claim that Martin Luther King Jr.'s only granddaughter, Yolanda Renee King, would be president of the United States in 2030. He tells the Sydney radio station she's the granddaughter of Martin Luther King Jr. She's 21 at the time, but they pass a new law that basically makes it so you can be younger as president. Because why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, as it stands, the same guy that came back before and told us about people falling out of the sky and all that stuff, and none of that happened. I, I think so, yeah. As it stands, the president of the United States must be 35 or older, in case you weren't familiar with that. Uh, John F. Kennedy was the youngest president to be elected, and he was 43 at the time when he was inaugurated in 1961. Yolanda Renee King is currently nine years old. No, <laughs> nobody tell her she's going to be president, uh, and was named after her aunt. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s eldest daughter, Yolanda, who is an American activist who died in 2007. So there you go. Uh, let's see here. What do we got time for here? Oh, the demon particle. Remember we were going to talk? Ah, uh, yes. Yes. With the DNA. Yes. Uh, a bizarre demon particle was found inside a superconductor and could help unlock a holy grail of physics. The transparent, chargeless quasi-particle could shed more light on the underlying mechanics of superconductivity. An elusive demon particle has been observed inside a superconductor nearly 70 years after it was first predicted. Its discovery could help resolve the mystery of how superconductors work. Pine's demon is a transparent, chargeless particle discovered inside a sample of the superconductor's strontium ruthenate i believe it's a plasmon which a ripple across the electrons of a plasma that behaves much like a particle meaning that it's a quasi particle have i lost you yet <laughs> you had me at hello okay theorists think that plasmons may facilitate superconductivity in materials if physicists are able to find out how that uh, they could use pine's demon to shed light on room temperature superconductors, one of the holy grails of physics that would enable near lossless transmission of electricity. That means electricity could go forever and ever. So this isn't demon as in paranormal demon. This is, is named a 
particle demon. Yeah, they named it a demon particle. Uh, the researchers published their findings August 9th in the journal Nature. Demons have theoretically conjectured for a long time, but experimentalists have never studied them. That according to Peter Abamonte, who is a physics professor at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, said that in a statement. In fact, we weren't even looking for it, but it turned out we were doing exactly the right thing, and we found it. Well, congratulations. Way to go, nerd. <laughs> wow. Uh, David Pines, by the way, first conceived of his demon in 1956, predicting it would emerge inside certain metals when two sets of electrons at different energy bands form two plasmons. If these plasmons fell out of phase with each other, such that the peaks of one line up with the valleys of the other, they could partially cancel out. Usually very specific temperatures are required to form one plasmon across an entire material, but Pines argued that his new combined plasmon being massless, neutral, and taking its components from a mix of energy could exist at room temperatures. He named his theoretical particle, which has a distinct electron motion, a demon, but its lack of mass and charge has made it difficult to find. So there you go. That's a demon, <laughs> in case you were wondering. Okay. Uh, Wasn't what I was expecting. Not what you were expecting, I know. Uh, oh boy, let's see. Do I have enough time to do... I think I have enough time to do these stories, and then we'll talk about our final story. A dr do you dream of being a monster hunter by chance? Oh, I do. Okay. You, I would love to be a monster hunter. You potentially could be in on the new search for the mythical Loch Ness creature, or Loch Ness monster, because they need some volunteers over there at the Loch Ness Center. I'm, I'm in. Let's do this. All right. Monster hunters assemble! The Loch Ness Center announced that it's set to begin the biggest search in over 50 years for the mythical creature known as Nessie, and volunteers are needed. In partnership with research team Loch Ness Exploration, the tourist attraction is looking for volunteers to join in a search for the legendary monster from August 26th through the 27th. Well, you're, you have a card I'm that booked. day. I'm booked, yeah. yeah. You're booked. Uh, the search is dubbed the biggest of its kind since the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau studied the Loch in 1972 over the weekend surveying equipment uh, that has never been used in Loch Ness before will be enlisted to uncover the secrets of the mysterious waters. This includes thermal drones to produce thermal images of the water from the air using infrared cameras as observing heat from above could provide a crucial component for identifying any mysterious anomalies, the Loch Ness Center said in an announcement on its website. The Loch Ness Center is looking for volunteers to take part in the surface watch of the loch to keep an eye out for breaks in the water and any inexplicable movements. Volunteers will be briefed on what to look for and how to record findings. Tickets will also be sold for four cruises available over the weekend with the opportunity to use a 60-foot hydrophone to listen for noises in the loch. The mythical creature is said to inhabit Loch Ness in the Scottish Highlands, according to local folklore. Reported sightings and a series of disputed photos depict a dinosaur-like beast with a long neck. Previous attempts to find the creature have yielded scant evidence of its existence. One other story here, Bruiser. A 400-year-old vampire child has been found buried with its foot padlocked to stop it from rising from the grave. Well, yeah, you don't want those little fuckers running around. <laughs> <laughs> so saith the Bruza. Again, we go back to Poland, our second Polish story of the day. All right. I think that's what we call our Polish Daily Double. 
archaeologists in Poland have unearthed the 400-year-old skeleton of a young child buried face down with an iron padlock on its foot. I know some people call that discipline. <laughs> we just say it's the way you capture a child vampire. Uh, sim- third grade. That's what we called third grade, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's how we were disciplined in third grade. Uh, seemingly to stop it from rising from the dead, the child was buried in the 17th century in the village of, I believe that is Pien, you might say Pien, uh, <laughs> near Poland's northern city of, I believe it is Bydegiz, something like that, and what it seems to have been a graveyard for abandoned souls and the poor who could not afford to be buried in a churchyard. Oh, my God. The archaeologists estimate that the child was between five and seven years old at death. Oh, my gosh, that's horrible. Uh, The remains were found just a few feet away from the skeleton of a vampire woman discovered last year who was buried at about the same time with a sickle placed over her neck and a similar padlock on her foot. I remember having that story. Yeah, yeah, I, yep. yep. According to the traditions of the time, such padlocks were intended to secure a corpse in its grave. The padlock shows the people were afraid of this child after its death. Darius Polinski, an archaeologist at the Nicholas Copernicus University in Torun, told Live Science, a third padlock was unearthed in the same graveyard, uh, though only scattered bones were found nearby. No other child skeletons buried like this have been found at the site, and it is likely this is the only known example of such a burial in Europe, according to Polinsky. And finally, the fight of the century. <laughs> we're talking about this as we end the program today. Elon Musk has teased an epic location for the fight, but... Mark Zuckerberg says he's not holding his breath. We talked about this earlier in the program in a series of social media posts. Elon Musk said he has been in contact with the Italian prime minister and the minister of culture about hosting the event. But Zuckerberg has said no date has been agreed to. The rumor, again, is that he wants to work with Dana White. Elon Musk has suggested his planned cage fight with Meta co-founder Mark Zuckerberg will take place in an epic location in a series of posts on X formerly known as Twitter. We still call it Twitter. Uh, Musk, the company's controversial owner, said he has been in contact with the Italian prime minister and minister of culture about hosting the event. Which he can do all he wants, but if he doesn't have Zuckerberg on board, it's not going to happen. That's right. You're fighting the air at that point. Uh, Zuckerberg took to meta social media platform threads to say that he is not holding his breath for Musk to agree to a date uh, he said, I love this sport, but I've been ready to fight since the day Elon challenged me. <laughs> oh, somebody's training. If he ever agrees to an actual date, you'll hear it from me. Until then, please assume anything he has, or rather anything he says has not been agreed on. Ooh, he took a strong stance there. He yeah, can, he's throwing it at him. Yeah, he continued, not holding my breath for Elon, but I'll share details on my next fight when I'm ready. So Zuckerberg could fight outside of Elon. Well, he's like I said, he's been doing, I think it was judo or jujitsu or something. So he's been com- like competing yeah. for, for years now. He's a high-ranking belt. 
which I'm sur- I'm surprised. Uh, he also said, when I compete, I want to do it in a way that puts a spotlight on the elite athletes at the top of the game. You do that by working with the professional orgs like the UFC or one to pull this off well and create a great card. He also posted a picture of himself fighting in his backyard octagon. You spoiled bitch. Uh, he also reconfirmed the fight will be live streamed on X and Meta. Uh, Musk, who is 52 years old, wrote, the fight will be managed by my and Zuck's foundations, not UFC. Livestream will be on this platform and meta. Everything in camera frame will be ancient Rome, so nothing modern at all. I told you he's going for the Colosseum. Yep. Uh, he added, everything done will pay respect to the past and present of Italy, and all proceeds go to veterans. Musk also posted the word gladiator with two emojis of swords crossed, as well as the Latin phrase dulce est despier in loco uh, translated as it is pleasant to be frivolous at the appropriate time yay Uh, this led some ex-users to speculate that the cage fight might be held at the coliseum the largest standing amphitheater in the world where gladiatorial contests were held during the roman empire musk has also previously posted some chance fight happens in the coliseum spokesperson for the italian government did not respond to sky news's questions but its culture minister said on twitter that the fight would not take place in rome The latest development comes after weeks of teasing between the two men over the fight, which is so far has not been formally organized. They've agreed to fight in June when the billionaire Tesla boss wrote he was up for a cage fight with Zuckerberg, who replied, send me location. Musk, who bought Twitter for $44 billion last October, has said he almost never works out. Oh, so that should be good. (laughs) This would be great. Zuckerberg's going to wipe the floor with him. Yeah, he is. The 39-year-old Zuckerberg holds a blue belt in jiu-jitsu and recently won gold and silver medals in a tournament. He took up the sport as well as MMA during the epidemic, or rather the pandemic, and says he now trains uh, three to four times a week. The animosity between the pair appears to have been sparked by Meta releasing a direct rival to X called Threads, which saw rapid growth on its launch. Musk threatened to sue Zuckerberg's Meta, claiming he copied X. (laughs) This is just two nerds trying to have a dick-swinging contest. That's all it is. That's right, and I look forward to every delicious minute of it. So that'll do it for today's program. Uh, Bruiser, where are you going to be? I'm off this weekend. I am at home wrestling with the pups and Mrs. Bruiser. There you go. There you go. Uh, I am up at KNSI this weekend on Saturday between 7 and 9 p.m. Eastern time. If you'd like to hear me uh, peddle the news, the sports, and the weather, uh, you can do it by listening to KNSIRadio.com between 7 and 9 Eastern time or uh, simply jump on social media during that time and say good morning to me. I, I appreciate that as well. Uh, if people want to be trained by the best in uh, professional wrestling, Bruiser, how do they get a hold of you? AMLWrestling.com slash training dash academy. Mm-hmm. Folks. Come on out and learn how to wrestle. There you go. Folks, on tomorrow's show, boy, have we got a good show tomorrow. Yeah. Daryl Marston from A&E's Ghost Hunters is, yes. is on the program. He has a brand new book that is out on... Uh, out on Llewellyn Books. And it is about one of the first cases that he ever tackled. And I'm smack dab in the middle of the book right now, and it is fascinating. It's based on the House of Wills. 
Oh, okay. I've heard of that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, this book is completely enthralling. Okay. We're going to talk to Daryl about his experiences, and we're going to talk about the book itself, and why the house keeps calling him back. Okay. Yeah. There's some supernatural elements to it. There's some satanic elements to it. Ooh. Yeah. So we're going to talk to Daryl tomorrow about his book about the House of Wills. So. Sounds good. It's tomorrow on the program. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Me too. Yep. want to remind you guys, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile is our sponsor for today. I want to encourage you to check out Mint Mobile. 15 bucks a month, unlimited talk, text, and data. You can't beat that. No, you can't. You can't. Mintmobile.com slash darkness. Check it out. Folks, I'm telling you, I have it on my iPhone. It is amazing. No interruptions whatsoever. And I knocked my bill down from 180 bucks a month to 15 I mean, come on. Yeah, you get to watch Kirk Cousins this fall. Oh, no! <laughs> not watching Kirk Cousins this fall on Mint Mobile. Why would I sully my beautiful iPhone with, with Kirk Cousins? True. Very true. I mean, I would watch... Justin Jefferson catch the ball. I just turned it off when Kirk Cousins shows up on my screen. <laughs> I can do that. I have unlimited unlimited data for just $15 a month. Mintmobile.com slash darkness. That's going to do it for today, folks. We thank you so much for tuning in and being a faithful listener of Darkness Radio. Again, tomorrow, Daryl Marston is on the show, and we welcome you in to listen to us right here on The Best in Paranormal Podcasting. For Beer City Bruiser, I'm Tim Dennis. Thank you so much for listening to Darkness Radio.